This episode of Road Dirt the Podcast is sponsored by RV Products for You. That's RV Products, the number four, Y O U dot com. RV Products for You carries a full line of tire pressure monitoring systems for motorcycles, for trikes, for automobiles, trucks, even over the road trucks, as well as every kind of RV, camper, and fifth wheel. Pull behind, you can imagine. They've got a tire pressure monitoring system for you. I've had one on one of my motorcycles now since, I want to say, March 1st or something, and it's still operating on the on the original charge, as well as giving me great um, pinpoint accurate digital readings on um, not only tire pressure front and rear, but also on tire temperature front and rear, which is a neat feature of these as well. They give you an internal temperature. So um, they also carry a line of, um, uh, of they've got uh, RV cell phone boosters for your RV camper, fifth wheel, pull behind, whatever. They've also got um, tool kits um, and um, cooling systems for RVs. Um, and also we recently reviewed, um, they have uh, these uh, small portable um Tire uh, pre- uh, compressors for um, for your your tires, uh, making sure you keep them at uh, proper inflation. Portable ones for RVs, cars, even automobiles. You can stick them behind your seat. Good to have one of those. I think every garage should have an air compressor, and really every automobile if you can have a portable one, because you never know when you'll end up on the side of the road and you might need it. They are RVproductsforyou.com. That's RV Products, the number four. Y-O-U.com. Welcome to Road Dirt, the podcast of Road Dirt Motorcycle Media and RoadDirt.tv, your down-home grassroots motorcycle media covering what we like to call the ride life. I'm Rob Brooks, your host. Thanks for tuning in. And um, today we've got a story from our friend Ted Edwards out on the West Coast, recently made a very unique road trip with a lifelong chum of his. And this story is called Sisters of Fire, Riding the Pacific Northwest Ring of Fire. Residents of the Pacific Northwest live in a blissful stupor, either unaware or ignoring the alluring assassins surrounding them. Going directly down the heart of Washington state like a slashing knife wound bleeding lava is a line of volcanoes part of the Pacific Ring of Fire called the Cascade Volcanic Arch Arc. My Northwest landscape was born from their fiery fury. Four-fifths of the volcanic eruptions in the last thousand years have come from the Ring of Fire, I and mean, when put in the expansive timeline of history, the volcanoes of the Cascade Volcanic Arc have either just finished erupting or are just about to. Natives of the upper left, like me, live at their feet and at their whim. Mostly, these icons of our landscape let us live a normal life, but not always. Sometimes they take that life from us. My friend Dave White Girl Wensveen and I decided it was time to pay a visit to two of the Northwest's sister volcanoes, Mount Rainier and Mount St. Helens. As we met in the arid, hot Yakima Valley that day in early July, it was hard to envision an impending snowball fight. Highway 410 out of Natchez changes personalities faster than a teenager. On one end, we're in the dry Yakima Valley, then 74 miles later, we're at 6,400 feet of elevation at Mount Rainier's Sunrise Visitor Center. 
I grabbed some snow from the parking lot, packed it, and threw a warning shot over white girl's bow. Missing his head, on purpose, of course. White girl was a pitcher in his collegiate baseball days, and I know his retaliation would be my demise while Mount Rainier observed the bludgeoning with full approval. Mount Rainier is the poster child of everything that's lovely about the Pacific Northwest. Volcanoes are cruel like that, both gorgeous and deceptively deadly, like the female lead singer of a rock band. Beneath their striking beauty boils fiery danger. No volcano dominates the Pacific Northwest quite like Mount Rainier. Rainier is always around, not because it follows you, but because everywhere you go, well, there it is. This icon of the state is admired by all and her likeness is everywhere from beer cans to license plates. Her towering 14,411 foot summit can be seen from professional sports stadiums in Seattle out to Yakima's wine country. Moto America riders will see what I mean. When they visit the Ridge Motorsports Park in Shelton, Washington in August, they'll see her as they exit the turn six carousel. If you can manage to pull your gaze from the blind drop at turn six's exit and look to your right, you'll see Mount Rainier watching you. She's been there the whole time. Well, beautiful and omnipresent as Mount Rainier is, she reminds us that we live at her whim, taking lives whenever it suits her. Mount Rainier has the largest glacier system in the lower 48 states and at least 400 climbers since 1897 have paid the ultimate price for attempting her ascent, falling down the glacier's crevices, getting buried by slides or cotton storms. Somehow though, all is quickly forgotten because Mount Rainier is the darling of the Northwest that of course can do no wrong. It's the mountain everybody loves. She is the good sister. We pitched our tents in nearby Packwood that night under Mount, under Mount Rainier's scrutiny and the next morning headed out for the bad sister, Mount St. Helens. St. Helens is the ugly sister to Mount Rainier's beauty pageant. Mount St. Helens, like Mount Rainier, lets us li- let us live in harmony for, with her for quite a while. Then she changed her mind. On May 18, 1980, she erupted causing the largest landslide in recorded history. The blast force was equivalent to 1,600 times the atomic bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima and was heard up to 300 miles away. The eruption killed 57 people, destroyed over 200 homes, 185 miles of roads, 230 square miles of forest, 15 miles of railway, and damaged 27 bridges while the mountain lost instantly over 1,300 square foot of elevation. Within 15 minutes of the eruption, the ash plume reached a height of 80,000 feet. Three days later, the ash cloud had traveled across the United States. 15 days later, it had lapped the planet. If Mount Rainier is the glamorous sister everyone loves, Mount St. Helens is the homicidal stepsister everyone wants to ignore. Roads around each volcano mirror their personality. Every road around Mount Rainier is beautiful while every road around Mount St. Helens tries to kill you. I informed my friend White Girl that we're riding there using an obscure road that the Wild Rose Squad simply calls the 2-6. Now, if he knew what was to come, he would have opted out. The 2-6 is a paved mountain trail, barely one car width wide, shrouded by an enveloping tree tunnel 
with a paved surface ruined by frost heaves and potholes the size of bomb craters. It's difficult to find. A spray-painted 26 on the backside of a roadside is really the only indicator. This is a good thing because the 26 is not a road for beginners. The enveloping tree canopy created a curious vision hazard as our eyes dilated in the tree tunnel's darkness then constricted from brief shafts of light shining through the occasional tree gap. We avoided most of the hazards but occasionally hit a pothole or a frost heave dead on. On one big hit, my suspension bottomed out and I heard scraping from the lower galley of my 1998 Honda VFR 800's engine room. I winced and kept on riding. We were in the middle of nowhere. White girl was not happy. I pulled over for a break when I saw number 12 spray painted on the asphalt. We had been riding around potholes, crawling over frost heaves, dodging falling trees, while trying to see through the tree tunnel well past half an hour and had only gone 12 miles. How long was this road? I had forgotten. Dave stated the obvious. He asked, If we got stuck here, which would be the fastest way out? Turn around or keep going? In my head, I kept repeating the chant from Dory in Finding Nemo. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Trees near the end of the 2-6 told a tale. All of them were lying down, facing away from Mount St. Helens, as if they were all trying to run away from the blast but could not. There they lay parallel to one another where the explosion had laid flat the entire forest. Fallen soldiers in a battle with the mountain, they had no chance of winning. In my lifetime in the Pacific Northwest, I've seen trees this size endure hurricane-forced winds while under crippling snow loads and live to tell the tale. Trying to picture the force required to level an entire forest in an instant, well, I just can't. At least, at last we emerged from the 2-6 and rode Mount St. Helens' base, where White Girl and I stood at her feet in awe. Why is the snow so brown? he asked. I knew what he was thinking. Just a day ago, we, uh, or so ago, we were blinded by the pure white snow of Mount Rainier, and here was her sister, brown, ugly, stained. She's dirty with ash, I replied. We were both kids when Mount St. Helens blew and remembered the volcanic ash cloud that covered our state back then. I remember it, Dave said. Kennewick basically was turned into night in the middle of the day. Street lights came on. It was blackness. We looked at the side over to Spirit Lake. The eruption caused the water level of this nearby lake to rise over 200 feet. Logs blown onto its surface from the eruption still float there 40 years later. Since that day in May, those logs have been trapped on Spirit Lake. They will never leave unless the bad sister changes her mind and decides to throw a tantrum and instantly rearrange the landscape again. Rather than double back and take our chances on frost-heaved excuses for roads, we circumnavigated around Mount St. Helens perimeter on main highways back to our tents in Packwood. As we left Packwood the next morning and headed back east onto the dry heat of the Yakima Valley, I honestly started to miss it all. I pined for the cooler weather, the snow, even that tree tunnel. In my moment of wistfulness, I stole a long gaze in my rearview mirror. There she was, Mount Rainier, right there, completely filling my bike's vision. She's always there, always watching, always beautiful.
but how long until she acts like her sister, Ted Edwards? Well, Ted, man, we feel like we're riding along with you whenever you share one of these stories with us. I appreciate this. The beautiful mountains of the Ring of Fire, beautiful but deadly at the same time. Check it out at roaddirt.tv. Look for the story Sisters of Fire and click into it, as well as all the other stories. We recently posted a, uh, a review by Joshua Placa of um, the Indian Scout 60 bobber bike, and that's a really cool bike. But if you check out this article here, uh, there's a lot of pictures of Mount Rainier, um, one of the overlooks for uh, Mount St. Helens that they stopped at, and um, quite a lot of great photos in here that... Um, I think really help you picture uh, the kind of ride that these guys made together around both of those um, beautiful and notorious volcanoes of the Pacific Northwest. So um, we also want to thank uh, RV Products for you. RV Products, the number four, Y-O-U.com for sponsoring this episode and all the great products that they carry. Go check them out there at RVProductsForYou.com. Hope you'll also check us out on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We have a YouTube channel. Check us out at Road Dirt TV there. And uh, all of our um, social media channels are simply, you can, you can search for those simply by Road Dirt TV. And uh, we try to keep everything pretty simple. And um, we hope you'll stay tuned next time. And until now and then, have a great weekend. And we hope you uh, have a great time this coming week. Ride life.